Welcome to the Rookie Report Podcast. My name is Dylan Jackson, joined as always by Noah Purser of Queen City Hoops Editing Manager. Today we've got a special guest, Jonathan Charks of The Ringer. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, excited to be, you know, growing our base for the Rookie Report. I'm writing for offtheglassbasketball.com as well. Also a contributor for atthehive.com. We're going to be talking the 2018 NBA draft class today. That's Luka Doncic, Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton, and all of those different guys. So the first thing we're going to start with is some of the highlights from your big board charts. You had Luka Doncic number one overall. What what went into that situation over DeAndre Ayton, over Jaron Jackson, over those types of players? Well, I'm a blogger, so I pretty much had to do that, right? (laughs) My credibility. That's the main thing I'm concerned about is maintaining that. (laughs) <laughs> no, he's great. I mean, he's awesome. He's a six foot eight point guard. I love this game. I mean, why not? Right. And the way wings are being used nowadays with uh, systems like Golden State, Houston, uh, players that can uh, manage the ball and facilitate the offense while also creating for themselves are invaluable. Yeah. I mean, I just like big point guard. I always liked. Yeah. Super- Card is great. I always found it like throughout this whole draft process for 2018, I did find it a little bit funny how pretty much every NBA blogger had Doncic as their number one player. But when it oh, came yeah. down to NBA teams, they they all had either Aiden or or Marvin Bagley if you're the Kings number yeah. one overall. Let's be real, the bloggers are usually listening to. We have the credibility and these teams don't have. So <laughs> that's right. We have the reputations. And it seems like we're right more times than not. So I mean, who cares if we are? Let's just say we are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You also had Elio Kobo over Colin Sexton. Yeah, like, I to me, it's all about team building, and I just think his skill set is easier to put in a team concept than Sexton. I mean, I'm not sure he's actually a better player than Sexton, but I think Okobo could be the third or fourth best player on a team, or I'm not sure Sexton can. And if Sexton's your best player, you're not going to have a very good team. So I just don't value players like that particularly high. That's true. That's true. I mean, truly, it is an outstanding, like, really outstanding that you guys had Okobo over Sexton on your big boards. I mean, Okobo wasn't taken until the second round while Sexton was taken in the lottery. I mean, um, a player of Sexton's caliber, um, the way he's able to get to the rim and stuff like that, um, though he did shoot 34% from three, um, he did shoot 78% from the free throw line. So I think he'll eventually be able to expand his range. Um, but I, I like Sexton and I had him over Okobo. I think just his ability to get to the rim was something that I compared to Kemba Walker on the Hornets. Um, what do you think, Dylan? I, I love Deli Okobo going into the draft. He reminded me a lot of Jeremy Lin. If Jeremy Lin, like, mm-hmm. you know, that whole Lin sanity thing, oh, yeah. but like if Okobo reaches his absolute peak, he might could do that some games. Uh, but he reminds me also of just like James Harden, his shooting ability, not very athletic, but uh, he, he can when, when in the pick and roll, he's pretty good. But uh, speaking he's of got a nice first step. Uh, yeah. What was that? He's got a nice first step. Yeah, he does. Uh, and, and speaking of foreign players, uh, Sharks, what do you think of Sekou Dumboya? I think it's Dumbaya. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Um, I watched him at a uh, Basketball Without Borders in L.A. for the All-Star game last year, so I got to see him a lot. He's an interesting player. He's got a great frame. I think he'll probably – when I watch a guy like that, I wonder, like, why even have a center? Like, Dubai is like 6'9", or something. Like, a play him at center. Like, he's not like – he's reasonably skilled, but he's not like a great shooter or ball handler. 
but you put him at the five and you can just push the ball up the floor himself and switch screens. It's kind of, I think he has some Draymond potential. I mean, I don't know. I got to watch him in actual games. That's only so valuable basketball about borders. It's just a camp. He's an extremely raw player. Uh, he still needs to learn the fundamentals of the game for sure. Um, but there's not, with his frame and the, the way he plays, as you've said, Charks, um, he's going to fit into like basically any system in the NBA. Just You can place him at the five, four, three, anywhere you want, and he's going to be able to produce for a team. That's definitely his most interesting quality. I hate using this comparison because it's used every single year. Uh, but he reminds me a lot of a, a much more raw, underdeveloped Kevin Durant. Uh, like he he can show flashes at times. Like he'll go down the floor, block a shot, bring it back up, and just hit a three pointer. And other times he just won't know what he's doing. Uh, he he's just a really really raw player. He doesn't know how to play basketball yet. Uh, but once he figures it out, he could be a really really good player. I feel like that's saying like I'm like a raw Brad Pitt, you know, like I've got good looks. I just got to develop them a bit, but sure. <laughs> right, get some credibility. Yeah, you know. I, I think I have some leading man potential. <laughs> we talked about Luka Doncic. Uh, he's, I'd say, obviously the most, I guess, pro-ready NBA draftee this year. Uh, but I'd say he's also probably the most picked for Rookie of the Year as well. So I'm going to ask you your Rookie of the Year pick, but you cannot say Luka Doncic. Okay. So. I'm going to say Colin Sexton. Oh, wow. wow. Just because the narrative. I think mm -hmm. Cleveland has a veteran team. They need a ball handler. They'll give him the ball a lot. And if they get to like 35 wins, like, oh, wow, Sexton replaced LeBron, blah, blah, blah. You guys have – and all. Basically, all these awards matter. It's points per game and wins losses. If you score a lot of points in the wins games, you'll get an award. So go to Sexton. Who cares? I kind of agree with your point. I think um, Sexton is definitely going to have a large role within that offense. But I think uh, to a greater extent, Trey Young might have a really important role inside the Atlanta offense. Right. What was that? They'll win like five games next year. I feel like at least the Cavs will win yeah. a reasonable amount of games. That's true, and while I say Trey Young might win Rookie of the Year, I more so believe it might be Kevin Knox, uh, just within the New York media and everything. He's going to have the narrative around him as I Colin Sexton will. The same thing. The Knicks will probably win like twelve games. Oh, KP, you think so? KP's not going to come back to like March, so who else on that team then? Jimmy Butler. Oh, oh man. Okay. Now, if I was the Wolves, I would trade Butler for Knox in a second, but I don't think they would do that. Next. Yeah, I don't know what New York can offer that. Um, Maybe Neil Adina. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I gotta go with Lindell Carter. Uh, he's he's just such a fundamentally sound player. He reminds me so much of Al Horford, and I think that Bulls team might could challenge for a playoff spot. But uh, I, I think he could average one and a half blocks per game. He should be starting over Robin Lopez. Yeah, I'd I say almost. Because if you start Carter, who's the veteran in the starting lineup? It's Chris Dunn is your oldest starter. And if you're Fred Hoiberg and you want to like, okay, I want to make the playoffs this year, you're going to want to lean on your veterans, right? Mm -hmm. Lopez is the only veteran they have. So I'm not sure Carter's going to get enough minutes to be a rookie of the year candidate, honestly. And nor do I think he's the flashiest pick, honestly. Like he, he's definitely a solid player. Well, people like flash. They like low – they like – what's the word? Um, Empty calories. People want they – don't, they don't want flashy right. – well, I mean, he could average 14 and 9. 
You think so? I, I think so. If he gets 14, that means he's going to average more points than – so, like, realistically, he'll get fewer shots than Dunn, Levine, Parker, and Markinen, right? That's fair to say? On Possibly, that. yeah. So yeah. If he's averaging 14, that means they're going to be scoring 120 points a game. I mean – with that offense and their lack of defense, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'm not sure Jabari Parker is going to be as good as people say he's going to be. Uh, same with Levine. It's just the I'm injury. Say, like, they're going to make sure to get their shots, though. You think they're going to be yeah. cool with like, oh, hey, let's walk the ball up the floor and cut off Wendell posting up in the high post. Yeah. That's going to be what Jabari signed up for, or Levine for that matter. Possibly, but uh, I, I mean, I still think Wendell Carter could be a really, really good defensive presence. And hopefully, if the narrative changes, which, like you said, it's been whoever can score the most points, get the most amount of wins, gets that rookie of the year thing. Hopefully, if that narrative changes to what I think it should be, which is just the best rookie season, then I think Wendell Carter could actually win it. I think what's going to happen is Jabari and Levine will be okay, Wendell. You're going to set us a screen here, then you're going to screen for us here, then we're going to shoot it and miss it. And we're going to keep shooting until we make it. So that's part of the plan, I think. All screens. I, my suspicion is he'll most of his points off and rebounds because those will miss long jump shots. So then he's going to get a lot of points off of rebounds then if there's a lot of, if there's a lot of missed shots I mean, maybe i don't know how many you can get off offensive in the game that'll probably be a shot of getting the ball honestly like you'll probably get more passes off are there any other players between you guys that have a shot of winning this rookie of the year award um, i think it's see Darren will be good but he won't get enough touches i think bagley could if he puts I up the numbers, games. To yeah, that's true. That's true. But if Bagley, if Bagley's putting up twenty and ten a game, I, that seems ambitious. Uh, it's all about. Let's see who else could be up there. Aiden, I gotta, I gotta point out Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's on he's a, There's so many vets ahead of him in the rotation. Right. I you think he'll get, be probably the backup point guard behind. Um, What's his name? Patrick Beverly. But if he what can about get enough minutes, then then maybe he could I, I think he could start the one or two, uh, possibly, and average like twelve and six, six assists, which I mean that's a bit ambitious, but I think that's like his well, ceiling this year. I just and, think those who's gonna want to play. Like he's not he didn't come to Europe to sit on the bench, come to Europe to sit on the bench. And then Lou Williams is gonna want the ball a lot. I feel like Shea's the fifth guard on that team right now. Yeah, I think I think to Dylan's point, SGA is more of a player that's going to have a really solid career, not one that's going to be a rookie of the year pick. Uh, he's got Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Jerome Robinson. There's just Jaren, a lot of guys there. Jaron maybe because if they're good, he might get credit for that. Um, but, I mean, to me, it makes it seem Luca. he's got the perfect spot of fit role on a decent team. To me, he's like the overwhelming favorite. I'm, maybe I'm biased from Dallas. I don't know. Oh, you're definitely not biased when it comes to that pick. I mean, he's my rookie of the year pick. Just like if if I could pick anybody, and it's not even close. You've got him next to Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews, Harrison Barnes, and DeAndre Jordan. That team isn't too great defensively, but it can certainly make up for a lack 
of defensive ability. And if you've got Luka Doncic and Dennis Smith and Harrison Barnes all on the floor at the same time, that's quite a bit of offense. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to score a lot of points. It's going to be a fun team. They're actually in my Western Conference playoff bracket. Ooh, um, that's bold. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see the Timberwolves making it. I don't see the Trailblazers making it. I just think that team is so well built as of right now. I mean, they don't have a lot of long-term pieces, but as of right now, they've got DeAndre Jordan, Harrison Barnes, and probably one more So are they gonna jump or the Nuggets? The West is stacked this year. Who's your eight if the Mavs are eight? Yeah, Mavs are eighth. I've got the Warriors at one, of course. The Rockets at no, not the Rockets at two. I've got the Jazz at two. Rockets yeah. at three. Uh, I believe the Spurs at four. Uh, Lakers are in there somewhere. Uh, Nuggets okay, so are up there, and Pelicans. Wait, what's oh, that? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody though. So okay, see. So yeah. Oh no, I'm not. I don't have that making the playoffs. Wow, that's uh, that's bold. You have, you have San Antonio making it, but you don't have OKC? No, no. I just think uh, OKC doesn't have the depth to make it in that Western Conference. And you're not a big Russ fan. Oh, no. I, I don't have him in my top 10. I don't think he's even in my top 15 players. Oh, well, there you go. There's your take for the year right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, we What do we have next? So, Chark, who is your worst best player? This year, like uh, in terms of the rookie class in 2015, here's an example. We've got Jaleel Okafor, who averaged 18 points, seven rebounds, and one assist. This year, he wasn't signed until mid-July, and he signed with the Pelicans on, I believe it was a one-year deal. So who is your worst best so, player? You, you think like the guy I think will be out of the league, or just the guy will put up the most empty stats this year? He'll put up, like, empty you know, stats. empty stats. Oh, I'm Okay, I'm going to say Colin Sexton for that, too. Rookie of the year puts up empty stats. It's not uncommon. I, I agree with that. Um, I think Sexton's definitely going to be up there, um, definitely going to be in the rookie of the year conversation. But um, I think Trey Young is probably the most boomer bust player. I mean, Dylan, as you know, the shoot first players are definitely the ones that can either boomer bust, a la Jimmer Fredette. Um, see, I would say Young is not more of a passer than Jimmer was, though. He's got that in his game. General was purely a gunner. True, but I think Trey's mindset is the same as Jimmer's. No, no. I mean, he got eight assists. He can't be a totally shoot first player and get eight assists, or maybe he was nine even. Okay, but when Trey Young was catching the ball in summer league, what was his immediate reaction? Shoot. Was it in summer league? That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I've got to say Trey Young too. I. I'm not a huge fan of his game. I had him ranked as my 11th overall player on my big board. Uh, he can pass, yes, but at the end of the day, he's on the Atlanta Hawks, which is the least talented team right now. Um, they have a ton of young players and not too many vets, but they do have Vince Carter. And I'm actually very interested to see what stats he puts up because I think this Hawks team is a little bit worse than the Kings were last year. Um, so I'm interested to see how the Hawks do, but... I, I got to say that the player that puts up the most empty stats or the worst best player this year has got to be Trey Young. You know, you know the stat Vince is putting up? That two million bucks in his checking account. <laughs> He's going to play like two months instead of like last year. Yeah. I mean, I think another name to take into, into account is uh, DeAndre Ayton. Um, he put a lot of stats. Yeah, he's going to – sorry. 
What were you saying? I said he put up a lot of stats. You're right about that. Yeah, and I think he doesn't really have a lot of position or competition in Phoenix's front court, and I think he's just going to be there to catch lobs and throw down dunks and pick up rebounds wherever he can. Um, I don't think he's going to be point guard. They just don't really have anyone passing the ball. I guess Devin's going to have to do it because they only have yeah. one roster. I mean, they have a Kobo and DeAnthony Melton now, though. So. That's true, but they're rookies. Rookie point guards. Yeah. Bad. We'll see. It's a weird mix. Of stats. It's a very weird team. I bet they make a trade. That's my suspicion. Is they'll trade something. Make a trade for the start of the season. Maybe it's Kemba Walker. Oh man. You think Charlotte would just do it? Pull, pull, plug in that whole franchise and trade Kemba? They probably should. I don't they, know. As a Hornets fan, they should. But I can't see them doing it just simply because he's probably our best player in franchise history. And we're hosting the All-Star game this year, and we're probably going to want an All-Star actually playing in that game. Yeah. So to, yeah. And they want to sell tickets too, right? How are you going to sell tickets if Kemba's not there? I'm not too worried about selling tickets because we I sold the same amount of tickets that we did in 2011 when we were horrible as we did no. this year. Well, wow, that's surprising. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not great, but it's just people, how do I put this? But I mean, the people of Charlotte just, I guess it's a thing you can do rather than your favorite basketball team because North Carolina is definitely more of a college basketball state and then a pro basketball state because we've got unc nc state duke wake forest we've got all of these basketball powerhouses and then you've got the hornets who have been consistently bad since 2004 so i guess trading walker would be the right move but i'm not sure it's something they'd be willing to do that's what i'm thinking i was thinking more like the line it's a little under the radar maybe patrick yeah trade for a guard up in los angeles they got a lot of them we're going to take a look at your series, The Rookie Curve. You have written a, I guess, profile on the following players, just like discussing how they could make the jump from college to NBA and whether it's going to be difficult for them or not. You've got Colin Sexton, Mikkel Bridges, Jaron Jackson, Wendell Carter, Marvin Bagley, DeAndre Ayton, and Trey Young. Of these players, who do you think is going to have the hardest time adjusting to the NBA? Uh, I'd say Bagley, probably. I think big should don't defend or shoot on a team without much spacing. It's just, I could see him having a little trouble. I mean, I, it's going to be hard. Sacramento is really bad, and they're going to be bad probably for a long time to come. It's, I think it's going to be hard for him. Ever since uh, the Ringer NBA show made, made the comparison of Marvin Bagley to Michael Beasley, I, I can't get it out of my head. Um, well, the thing about that is Beasley's way more skills. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Beasley could drain jumpers, man. Yeah. is more of an athlete. I don't know. It's it's going to be tough for him. Um, in my opinion, I think Trey Young faces the hardest rookie curve. I think you saw that early in summer league. Um, there's a lot of obstacles he's going to have to face, but um, I think in due time he will adjust to the NBA and he'll be a really effective player. Well, I think the other thing with Trey Young is the Hawks have three. If he draft other good players, he can fit around them. He can shoot so well. So I think. I think this floor is fairly bad because let's say they get RJ Barrett next year. Well, Chandler's going to take out open threes off that. That's true. He has, to have, he has to have the right surrounding cast for sure. I've got to go with Jaron Jackson, and it's not because of who's on that team or just his situation. It's more because he himself is just not an NBA-ready player, and it's going to take a while for him to adjust 
maybe two or three years before he's like a starting caliber player. But I think Jaron Jackson, once he reaches his full potential, Mike could be one of the best power forwards in the NBA. But that's just if he reaches his potential. Why is he not and, NBA in your opinion? What was that? Why is he not NBA ready in your opinion? It's just uh, his NBA frame. He he doesn't have it yet. Uh, he, I, I think he weighed like two. I can't remember how much he weighed, but he reminds me a lot of Draymond Green, and he just doesn't have the frame to be that kind of defender yet. Let me look at. Let's look up his numbers. He definitely played well in summer league. I remember watching the first game. uh, He was in there. He really showed out. Um, But I think he really fits well next to Marcus Saul. I'm looking at it on ESPN. They got him listed at six eleven to forty. Like that's pretty big. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I, did, I actually didn't realize he was that, that you know, big. I thought, I thought he was more like 220, so oh. seeing that number is a little bit more encouraging. He's got a 6'4 wingspan, which is really good, but again, I, I still think some of his skill is a little bit underdeveloped. Uh, he only played yeah. 21 minutes per game at Michigan State, which it's only half the game. It's not bad or anything. It's just I think he could use a little bit more developing before he's he reaches his ceiling. See, I would say, though, with his skill, he can spot up shooter. So he's playing with two all stars and Gasol. I mean, all star caliber players in Gasol and Conley. Yeah, so spot up off them. Like he doesn't have to have too much skill to do that. Yeah, I think he immediately fits in a role in there with Memphis. Yeah, I think he'll play. It's just I don't think he's going to be worthy of a starting spot until later on in his career. Well, but like you don't think he could be better than Jamichael Green? Not yet. Like, not for, I don't know. Because Green can't shoot. They need someone who can shoot threes in that roster. I think they can bring him off the bench and he can fit that role. But I think starting him right now, I think it's a little bit too soon. But you see what I'm saying, though, right? Like, if Grizzlies, they're a bad three-point shooting team, they've got two all-star players, they're going to replace the the worst three-point shooter, Green, with a better one, Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. It's just, would you... It, it, I think for Matt, for me, it's just a matter of mortgaging your future for a, a, a thing right now. And Jaron Jackson is, again, a pretty raw player. So to put him in the starting lineup right now, I think it would be just too soon. Well, because the owner already said he wants to See, what I've heard is the owner doesn't have a lot of money. Because you know the situation, very Robert Para, he had to buy out. Right. The other- so he wants to win now. He doesn't care about the future. He's trying to get yeah. money. And they don't really have much of a future there in Memphis, honestly. I mean, they have Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr., so I mean, might as well throw him in. Don't sleep on Dylan Brooks. He was a regular contributor for that team last year. That's true. He did play. He played well. So now, as most of our listeners probably know, we've got an off-the-glass database that has been in the works. It's going to drop on October 1st this year. Uh, We're super excited to launch it. We've got a team of eight members right now. That's cool. Uh, Yeah, so... We're excited to launch that. Uh, do you have anything for the ringer that you're working on right now that you'd like to announce? Um, we're just we're doing the NBA season preview. That's getting going. We got some features in the works. I mean, I don't know the usual stuff. The NBA is getting going. We're excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm super excited this year for the NBA. Uh, just all of the drama that went down this off season has been great, uh, but. I've got to I've got to get a few questions in on Miles Bridges. Me and Noah are both huge Hornets fans, so you had him as your fourth ranked player. You already said that you uh, viewed wings as very 
valuable to franchises. So ha- saying that he ended up at Charlotte at 12, they traded uh, Shagel just Alexander away to the Los Angeles Clippers to get two second round picks in Miles Bridges. What do you think of the pick and trade? But I think Miles that high. I feel like I would add Shea higher, honestly. I think I think Miles is better as a secondary player. And to me, like I had Miles high because I feel like he could fit in many situations. My concern is in Charlotte when Kemba leaves next year, who's the primary guy he can play off of? Like I think Miles is the perfect role player, but I'm not sure what the role is going to be in Charlotte. So you think Kemba's going to leave? Yeah. I mean, okay. okay. Most people, I don't know. Why would he stay? Um, I think he's painted himself as the good guy in this situation. And, I mean, as all NBA players should and as Paul George did and whatever. Um, Kemba Walker, I, I just don't think he's going to leave. I think the Hornets are going to do anything it takes to bring him back at this point. Like, like what it would take to bring him back is to get an all-star to play with him. Like, what Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree that there's no draw for – Kemba to return, but I just I don't see him leaving in my in my opinion. Well, then I think I'd be good for Miles. Then I think if Miles can play off an All Star point guard, it'll do well for him. So that'd be good. So you think Bridges can be that the secondary option that the Hornets have been looking for? Yeah, I mean I don't even know. Maybe even a third option. I think he can get you like yeah. 15 a game, shoot threes, rebound, defend. I think he's a very, I think he's really a really solid player who can fit a lot of roles. I think he could be good for a good team. So. I think he'd be. I think he'd be the bat, a great third option on a team, but I guess two would be fine in Charlotte. That is true. We haven't had a second option on this team since. I mean, would you consider Nick Batum a second option? I mean, he, he was wanted to be one, but I'm not sure he is one at this point. Basically, yeah. Al Jefferson. Really, I mean, we haven't had one since Big O. Yeah, we paid Batum like a first option. If yeah. that counts, that was that was the Mavs. That the Mavs were trying to pay. They're trying to pay Batum and Whiteside. Can you imagine if they had pulled that that trash off? What a disaster! <laughs> yeah, that would not have been good. No. Uh, all right. So, with all of that said, Charks, you're on Twitter at Jonathan Charks. Uh, you don't tweet though, which no. I find weird. But um, it's bad for you, man. I'm using the studies. It's bad for your mental health. Oh yeah, it is. Really? I. That's interesting to me. I gotta look into that, honestly. <laughs> no, it's really bad. It's bad for anxiety and depression. It's really bad for your mental health, to be honest with you. Uh, well, huh. understandable. Uh, Noah, you're at Purser NBA, um, at Jackson NBA, J A X O N NBA. And this is the Rookie Report. Sharks, uh, would you like to plug anything else before we leave? Um, go to theringer.com. We got a lot of cool stuff. Check it out. Yeah, give me some stuff. Yep. And Noah? Uh, Queen City Hoops, you guys got to check it out. Great stuff coming. Charks, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one, guys.